time for brunch. Empower. Inspire. Connect. Ignite your journey. Hey, friend, welcome back to Time for Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Christine, and a level two RRCA run coach. Beyond that, I'm an avid runner, much like you. And I have to say, I credit running for giving me great relationships, helping me to quite literally run the world. But With that said, while I welcome all sorts of ways to move and groove our bodies, we have Valentine's and Galentine's Day on the horizon, and what better way to celebrate than explore hitting the pavement with our significant others and our closest friends, because not only can it boost our health, but it also deepens our connections in ways that are both profound and lasting. And in today's episode, we're going to dive into the joys and challenges of running with a partner, and the electrifying dynamics of running in a group or with our best running friends. So whether you're preparing for a race or you're seeking to improve your health or just looking for a good excuse like, hello, Galentine's Day, to spend quality time with those that you care about, running offers a unique blend of shared goals, support, and of course, a bit of friendly competition. Later on in this episode, we're going to be joined by a couple who not only tackled their first Run Disney Marathon weekend together, but they also experienced the highs and lows with their group of running friends, transforming a story of an unfinished race one year into a triumphant return the next. Their journey is a testament to the power of partnership and community in the world of running and in chasing after those big audacious goals. But first, before we get into that, let's celebrate these special days with our running shoes on. And I'm going to give you some practical tips and maybe a few gift options or two to plan a Galentine's Day run. Or if you have been inspired by our love in motion couples and you're ready to shoot your shot with Cupid alongside... I'm going to also provide you some ideas on how to plan the perfect Valentine's running date. All right, my friends, you know, I've been talking quite a bit about this since the season two premiere episode, where I do truly believe in the value of connection and community through friendships and relationships. Before we get into planning that perfect Valentine's running date, let's really get into the joy of running with friends. There are a myriad of benefits to be had with running with our friends and actually a really great book on some of the factors that play into running with others would be born to run too. So not the original, but the second one has a lot of great research that they indicate on why it's so important to give those running groups a try, but I get it. I get it. You're still thinking, I don't know. It's hard to connect with others. Well, I'm going to tell you right out of the gate. The number one reason people find that they enjoy running with others is because it's so much more fun getting in those long runs, sharing those long miles or tackling those harder effort workouts with a friend, you can introduce more people to your circle, create more connections to build new friendships. Not every single run group will you walk away with a new brand new bestie because I'm going to also talk quite a bit about how you may have to date around and enjoy runs with multiple different groups until you find the right one for you. Again, kind of like dating. I mean, Cupid is in the air, but you can at least broaden your horizon. Another great benefit though of running with others and running with a friend is that you're more likely to stick to your commitment. I know I am not the only one where that alarm rings in the morning and I want to hit snooze. But if it wasn't for the fact that I'm going to text my friends and see, hey, are you guys up for this run still? And of course they are, because it's almost like a game of chicken where we want to make sure that we're not the ones that are actually calling off the run then we are likelier to stick to that commitment of getting in those early morning runs and getting our day started on the right foot, pun totally intended. But there is a lot of research that shows that when you have that accountability to meet with friends, and it doesn't even have to be in person, you can do this quite a bit with texting friends or having an email chain or a messenger chain or WhatsApp but you are likelier to stick to the commitment. Also wondering, is likelier a word? Well, it is now. 
You're going to hear later in this episode when we bring on our couple where they were more likely to succeed in their goal. They showed us how it happened because they really harnessed in on the power of their running group locally to help them stick with their commitment of training, which truly friends, when you hear this triumphant return and how they tackled their run Disney marathon, it will absolutely leave you with so much of a pep in your step and ready to tackle your own big goals. Now, this is the most interesting aspect of the research that I personally found, is that you're likely to work harder with someone else around. And I find that one so funny, or I guess I really didn't realize that one, because for me, I've always tackled my harder efforts solo. I thought, hmm, you know, I can definitely do conversation pace for the long runs, but when it's a harder effort and I know I need to nail paces, it's just so much harder to find somebody who's at your pace or that you can actually work together with. And what research shows is you're actually working harder when you're around someone else. So there is a lot to be said of even if you have a run group or a run pal who isn't necessarily at your exact same pace, just the fact that you know that you're working together, that little bit of friendly competition will help to push you maybe a little faster, a little further, or just working on your form together, your commitment, your consistency. So again, there's just that benefit of that extra layer of accountability. Now, one of the things that I have found, and I'm a huge advocate, and you'll hear with some upcoming guests that we have planned and in the works as well, is that it's more affordable to tackle some of these runcations or exercise journeys or maybe retreats when you're able to share the cost with others. So if you're thinking of maybe hiring a coach, looking into seeing if they have a two for the price is one, or if they have any kind of a group discount is always possible. But also when you're looking at signing up for races, checking that the race director maybe potentially also has an incentive for when you're signing up with more than two people. Another really big benefit with either choosing to go out for a run or exercising, maybe you're going for a walk, maybe you're playing pickleball, however you're deciding to move your body and tackling it with another individual or individuals is it is generally safer for a myriad of reasons, especially for us ladies. It can be very difficult to get out there in the early morning hours or when it's dark and run solo. So it is generally safer with a group of folks around And or also if anything does go awry, maybe you're doing a harder effort and you're not feeling great, having someone around to kind of check in with and also know that you can pull back and that they've got your back quite literally is very comforting. So I've kind of said a thousand reasons, actually about seven of why it's really important to tackle or to consider tackling exercise with others. Now I'm going to tell you maybe some practical ways of actually doing it. Because again, I realize it's not always going to be where you, you might live somewhere rurally, or it's not something that's always possible because you're a little anxious about meeting up with people. So this is where I'm going to say that you kind of had to shake out those first date jitters because there is a really big chance that you're going to have a lot of butterflies before you meet up with your first race group or running group, training group, or even CrossFit or Camp Gladiator. So I would utilize the beautiful world of the internet and really do your research. See if you can touch base with some of the members. Is anybody willing to meet you there? Or could they give you more information about what the run group looks like? Some run groups really do have a variety of paces available. There's others that maybe have a bit of a faster pace or a bit more of back of the pack runners that maybe doesn't quite fit with your rating plan. So do a little bit of that homework beforehand so that you know that when you go into it, you have a higher chance of feeling good about it. Also check into maybe some of their non-running get-togethers and meetups. Often a lot of run groups will meet at maybe local breweries or coffee shops, or they'll get together and do like clothing swaps because we all have too much running clothes, my friends. Check to see if it's possible for you to meet up with them in that kind of environment so that it lessens that anxiety of having to meet people for a run and not knowing if you're going to be at the same pace of them. But I did say earlier on in this year and in this season, if you've been listening, that 2024 is the year that I'm going to challenge you to 
step it on up, level it up and bridge past that comfort zone. So that's going to be the most important part of whether you're deciding to tackle pickleball with a new group or you're going to go out for a running training group with somebody else. It's definitely to step out of that comfort zone. Okay, and this is the most important part, my friend. If you listen to nothing else that I say today, I hope you do, because if not, it's just gonna be a lot of chatter in your ears. But if you listen to nothing else, it's do not despair if the first, maybe second, maybe third, maybe even fourth time that you go out with a different run group, it doesn't meet your needs. Feel free to continue to communicate with those that you may have met up with that maybe this didn't work for you. Give them some ideas as to why it didn't and see if they have any suggestions for other run groups. You don't have to do that if you feel like that's too too confrontational, but do not give up. Just like we've heard from so many of our guests where maybe when they went out with their first run group or even when they had a little bit of love in motion and they found their one, their romantic partner, It does take a little bit of dating around before you find it. So I am going to suggest that you give these practical tips a try, but most of them boil down to being brave and courageously pursuing this to help you in that next step of your training. Now I'm hearing like in my head, I'm already thinking, what if I don't want to run with others? There's nothing telling you that you have to. I would like you to consider trying it just to see how it feels. But again, if that's not your jam, there's so many wonderful ways to connecting with others within the running community. So you could talk all about running without nauseating your colleagues at work because you're talking about running so often. So I'm going to, again, invite you to join us at the Time for Brunch Facebook community page. Pop right on in and just join into the conversation. Share about your latest run. Drop in a shoe fee, a little bit of your running shoe selfies. We are there to definitely share in on the fun with you. Now that I've talked quite a bit at nauseam about those running groups and how to find the right one for you, if that's something you're considering, Let's talk about how to plan the perfect Galentine's Day for your running besties if you have already found the right group of people for yourself. With that said, Galentine's Day is generally traditionally celebrated the day before Valentine's Day on February 13th, and it's a day that's dedicated to celebrating the love and bond between girlfriends. It's usually a little bit more special than the usual brunch, though. What could possibly be more special than brunch? (laughs) But this year, I'm going to say maybe it's the time, whether it's virtual or in person, that you meet up with your gals and celebrate Valentine's Day. A great way to do it is to go ahead and put it on the calendar, whether, again, you're meeting in person or you're going to tackle this virtually. Try to solidify a time that you guys can all be either together or texting each other or taking some selfies. Plan a really fun route, maybe something a little bit out of the ordinary of your usual running routes that you may have with your run group. After all, this is a bit more of a special date. And then, of course, my absolute favorite way to celebrate Valentine's Day is to make it fun by dressing up. Maybe you're going to add sparkles. Maybe you're going to do tutus. Maybe you're going to all wear pink wigs. Though, after my experience of my peak wig at Run Disney, I'm not going to suggest that quite as much, but you do you, boo. I'm not going to judge you. Just make it fabulously fun and authentic to your friendship. I'm also going to include the link for running games that I put together. It's a soul sister scavenger hunt. And again, this can be done together in person or if you guys are sharing your friendship across the miles and just checking these off as you're running together on Galentine's Day. One thing that is absolutely mandatory in this Galentine's Day running celebration is that you celebrate post your run. So either by maybe FaceTiming each other for a cup of coffee or with a cupcake and cocktails, whatever fits your bill. But it is important to, again, make time for each other not just when you're working up a sweat. I'm going to suggest that you definitely make it fun by pulling out that camera and capturing those moments. You're going to love having those. 
And of course, I've got some Galentine gift ideas for you. So I've curated them. They're on the website. But just in case you're thinking, I need to have this done really, really quickly, I have a few options from jewelry to running mugs to one of the cutest candle holders I have ever seen. And if you have a best running friend, of course, the Sarah Marie Designs best running friend tanks, friend one and friend two are pretty classic. So those are big recommendations to add to your shopping cart and send off to your bestie. And with that said, if you're thinking Galentine's Day is great, but I'm here to talk about love on the run, I got you, my friend. If you're looking at celebrating your Valentine's Day with your sweetie, then let's get right into it. Maybe you were inspired from last year when we featured Tia and her husband on Love on the Run, or you're looking at this previous year with our incredible couples for Love in Motion, or maybe as soon as you're done listening to our couple who's going to come up to the brunch table in just a few minutes, you are thinking, I really want to make this happen for me and my partner. Then friend, I'm going to give you some suggestions as well. And as we learned recently on Love on <laughs> Love in Motion, you're going to very first, the most important thing before you even get to the warm up, is communicate. Because just like in your relationship, like we heard from Kyla and Cheryl, that you need to communicate on and off the run. When you're starting with your very first running date together, you need to know what the other one's looking for. And I'm going to make a very strong suggestion here. This is not for your first run together where you go and tackle a hard effort workout. Make it conversational. Enjoy each other's company. Use it as an opportunity to talk about some shared experiences, bonding over some future race plans, or just chatting about what's going on in your day-to-day life. Now, on to that, when we're talking about planning out our Valentine's running date, it's really important, just like as I mentioned, with being a bit more adventurous with our route when we're planning our Galentine's date, to do that as well with our Valentine's date together. This might be a great opportunity to check out, maybe start the run or finish the run at like a little cozy cafe for a post-run treat, or maybe a little bit of a trip down memory lane and finding a pathway of where you first met or where you had a significant date previously. Maybe you've moved and you're still in driving distance of your old neighborhood and you have an opportunity to kind of go and check out your old neighborhood together and reminisce a little bit on all the changes that you've had in your life. Now, this is where I'm going to say, if you want to be extra, and who doesn't want to be extra, then you definitely get Valentine's Cupid bonus points if you coordinate your outfits. Now, that's not necessary, but I mean, come on, it's Valentine's. Why not? Now, after you've solidified that running dates together actually are a lot of fun, that's when maybe you could start to start looking at adding a little dash of competition or looking at tackling some harder effort workouts together, but don't do it on the first date. We want to make sure you make it to date number two. Of course, cooling down together is quite important. And as I've mentioned before, maybe this will keep a little bit of the love going or spark or ignite some post run activities. Not here to judge my friend. Again, you do what makes you feel good. (laughs) Oh goodness. And if you decide to make this a habit, plan for it, put it on your calendar, make this a regular part of your relationship. If it works for both of you, planning out those walks or those memory lane strolls is very, very important. Now, if you're thinking, okay, she gave some gift ideas for my gals, but what about those Valentine's gifts for each other? I'm going to again... I mean, we were so inspired by Marianne and Moore and Cheryl and Kyle. I'm going to suggest that you create a personalized running playlist a la Cheryl and Kyle, where they have that going the distance playlist on our Spotify. I think it's super special to have that and maybe even play that t- together when you're out for your run. I'm a big fan of that Knox Gear 39G to allow you to both listen into it. Another great way is creating a running journal or scrapbook together where you could start to Look at the accomplishments you've had in your own solo running adventures. And then again, together, maybe even starting to plan more runs together. My very favorite, and I think every Valentine's gift should include this, but especially for runners, 
is a couple's massage. I mean, why not? (laughs) You work hard and you deserve to have a little bit of like a fluff and buff type of massage to relax together. And I may have spoken too soon because I'm also a big fan of creating an adventure fund jar where you start saving for a dream race or running vacation together. I think that sounds like a very special way of continuing to share your passions together. So friends, I'm curious if you choose to use any of these tips for your Galentine's or your Valentine's Day. So I want you to definitely reach out to me info at timeforbrunch.com and let me know which ones you enjoyed and which ones maybe a little bit of a Cupid fail. It's okay. As long as you keep that Cupid shuffle going with your feet, which is what we're going to continue to do here because we are going to welcome in a very special couple that tackled their first marathon. Well, you know what? Let let me let you hear from them. So let's go ahead and welcome to the brunch table, Stephanie and Brian. I will never forget scrolling through Instagram and hearing from Tara, one of our fabulous previous guests, all about her experience of training and running alongside Stephanie and Brian Pulowski. And their journey is nothing short of inspiring. It's a tale of overcoming obstacles, resilience, and determination, and how they faced the heartbreak of being swept and receiving a did not finish on their initial attempts at a run Disney race. They didn't let that setback though define their running career. They didn't hang up their running shoes. They decided that they were gonna make it happen and together they tackled it. So welcome Stephanie and Brian officially to brunch. Hi. Thank you. I'm so excited to get into the conversation and it was so heartwarming to see Again, that that moment that you guys finished this really incredible race and then again, having kind of your opportunity to to have your comeback at this previous Run Disney weekend. But before we get into that, let's get into the beginning of it. What inspired you both to start your running journey? And I'm going to start with you, Brian. Actually, it was Stephanie. She kind of was like, I want to do something to lose some weight. And so we both decided that running would be a a uh, good place to start. I was a cyclist also, and I still love the cycle, but um, she didn't care for that activity too much. So we both took up just a little bit of a, a walking run kind of thing to get started. Okay. So Stephanie, what made you decide, you know, I'm going to tackle running of all the activities, but I'm also going to drag Brian along with me. If I'm doing it, he's doing it. He's always a good sport. So it was really one of those on the womb things. It was wine and dine 2021. It was coming back from COVID. The races were just starting back. This is actually my birthday week. So previously I've been in Disney on my birthday, seeing everybody with the medals and they run these races. And so my initial, like everyone else was like, I want a medal. (laughs) I want a medal. I want to be in the park and wear my medal. So we had talked about it probably before 2020. And then, of course, we all know that happened. And then when the races came back, I literally was just like scrolling social media and saw Run Disney post that they were back and signed up. And he was like, sure, I'll do it with you. And I was like, "Okay, great. So it kind of went from there. So we signed up initially for the 2021 Wine and Dine 5K. He started training with me. And training was going pretty good the first few weeks. So I was like, you know, if we can run a 5K, maybe we should do a 10K. So changed my registration from 5K to 10K and was not at all prepared for what that kind of running meant. So it was very hard training at first. And he kind of was the one that pulled me along through that first initial race and just trying to get up to the pace and trying to pick up to where I could like really do the runs. I cried a lot. (laughs) So it was a big pain. We still cry a lot for the, I still cry a lot. (laughs) I don't know why I cried a lot, but that first race, I cried a lot. And then we went and we did it and we did great. We didn't have like a set training plan then. We really didn't know what we were doing. We strangely enough, just met up with a group of girls who were doing Galloway intervals. And I was kind of like, Hey, like, what is that you're doing? Cause you're not like panting running down the road like I am right now trying to just run this and we started running intervals with them and we finished that first race and so of course that run was very different than any other Disney runs like you know post-COVID the characters you couldn't really run like touch them and stuff but we got the bug then 
And it just kind of grew from there. So we were like, oh, well, we can do 10Ks. So we did a couple 10Ks, which led to a 10 miler when I couldn't get into a 10K for one of them. So our next race was the 10 miler for springtime surprise in 2022. And then my mindset was if I can run 10, (laughs) I can run 26. (laughs) So I signed us up for a marathon. Okay. So I think with Run Disney, and I feel like most of the audience is now pretty well familiar with it, but we have some folks who maybe are newer to Run Disney is that you have to sign up for these races a really long time in advance. So likely coming off that 10 miler in April, and then I think that the opening for the marathon weekend is usually about midsummer. I would see what that would be a really feasible goal in terms of that next iteration. But do you feel that training had some snafus? It definitely had some snafus in the way of procrastination (laughs) and just really not taking it seriously because at that point we hadn't trained very seriously for any of those runs. We just made it. And I kind of just didn't train. Life got in the way. I say one of the biggest barriers to marathon weekend is the time of year that it is. So it's your end of training is right at the holidays. Your training is starting right at the summer. And I just didn't pick up the training. We just didn't do it. And I had originally said, okay, well, I don't think we're going to go. I think we're going to skip this, just not do it. We're not ready. And by that point, I was talking to Tara and she was like, no, I think you should just go try. Just go try it and see what you can do. And that's what we did. And I made it to mile 21, Blizzard Beach. So... (laughs) Okay. So with a lot of bigger races, there is what's considered a sweeper. And for Run Disney specifically, we've heard of it as the fearful uh, balloon ladies, though we're going to go ahead and say it again here. The balloon ladies are not scary. They are to kind of help keep the course clear past that 16 minute mile, which I believe is usually when they start to, if you fall back behind the balloon ladies, they are very encouraging, but there are folks there that will sweep. Now, I am curious. So when you intended to go out for this marathon, Brian, how did you feel about the training that you guys had done and whether or not, because Tara was able to kind of shift her into making that happen. How did you feel about endeavoring that marathon? It was a little apprehensive, although we did the 10 mile and I felt pretty good about that. I just wasn't physically prepared for the, the pounding of the feet on the pavement part of it. So I really wasn't quite mentally ready. I think it Physically, okay, but mentally, you just got to get yourself in the right place. And I just kept falling back further and further. And I was like, oh, this is not going to happen. Do you guys run together? And and by that, I don't mean your training, but do you go into the race weekend saying we're going to stick together no matter what? Or do you run your own race on race weekend? Oh, no, we stick together. Yeah, we stick. Okay, so at this point, I'm kind of curious for you, it became more of a mental battle, which I think any endurance of whether it's cycling or it's running marathons, it's definitely it becomes a big portion of it is that mindset and that mental preparation. Stephanie, for you, did you feel that that was also very similar as to what what may have kind of crept in and kept you back? Or do you feel like it was a combination of physical and mental? I think it was a lot mental, definitely some physical, like my legs were not used to that. I just thought... I wasn't used to what happens beyond that 13 mile point. So I would say up until 13, we felt really good, but it was a different kind of race than the previous races. As in like, we felt a lot of rush because there was the pace. We were in like one of the last corrals. We made a stop in the beginning and we just really didn't come back from that stop. We ended up being with one of the last pace groups for a long time. And we both were kind of falling back. And Brian fell back a little bit more around mile 18. And he was like, go, you're doing it. I want you to keep doing it. Just go. He's like, stay with the pace group. I just got to take a break for a second. And then he texted me and was like, no, I got on the bus. So that definitely messed with my mindset some getting from 18 to 21 without him. And then just knowing how close I was to being swept. I just wasn't physically able to keep up with that point. And I know some people may not realize what it's like to have to keep that steady pace. Because when you're in the back, you really don't have any room to stop. For error. Yeah, you can't. Like it's yes. the steady pace. And 
like you said, the balloon ladies were great. Like I remember them, we were in the Blizzard Beach parking lot and they were so encouraging to the whole group that was around, you know, just trying to get them to stay with them. Like, can you do it? And even the official sweepers for Run Disney, they were doing the same thing. It wasn't like an, hey, you're behind, get on the bus. It was a, can you do it? Do you think you can run up? Can you catch them real quick? Go ahead, try, try. Like it was a lot of encouragement, even from those people. And at the end of it, my legs just kind of gave out. And I think mentally and physically, I was just like, I don't have another 10K in me. (laughs) So I did get on the bus. And one of the biggest disappointments was he was waiting at the finish line because he had that much confidence that I could finish it without the training. But the minute I got on that bus last year, I mean, 2023, I was like, no, I'm going to finish this marathon. I just did 21 miles without training. (laughs) We're going to do this. There's no reason to be held back. You were resolved from the minute that you decided that that day maybe wasn't that going to happen, but that you knew that it was in you. Yes. I told Brian that day, I was like, we're going to finish this marathon next year. That's so powerful. Okay. So I want to first and foremost, for folks that maybe haven't experienced Run Disney race or even a larger scale race in general, there's a lot to this facet. So when Stephanie's talking about that her legs gave out, even with training, There is sometimes a lot of misunderstanding of what you're going to experience race morning at Run Disney, because if you were in a ladder corral, you were likely on your feet and standing for at least two hours, maybe even more from the time that you got there to the time you were actually able to start. So how long were you waiting in the corrals for before you were actually even able to start the the start line? We probably got there about 3.30 in the morning and probably crossed the start line around 5.45. This is where I feel that I am so excited to talk to your experiences at Back of the Pack and how you proudly have that as your Instagram handle, Back of the Pack Princess, which is amazing because we want to shed light on the fact that Back of the Pack is a party and it's wonderful. And you're going to find some of the most incredible humans there and it's incredibly encouraging. But there are challenges of being on your feet a lot longer than a majority of people who may be an A corral, B corral or C corral because they get to go in those first waves. So they don't have to stand for two going almost on three hours. What other challenges do you feel like for folks that are maybe latter part of the mid pack or in the back of the pack that maybe other people haven't taken into consideration that they should prepare themselves for? I know for that particular marathon, one, it was hot. So you're running in the heat of the day a little bit more than some of the first corrals are. Like by the time we're in Magic Kingdom, the sun is up. And that was a very hot marathon in 2023. There is also just kind of that mental aspect because everyone kind of hypes up the balloon ladies and getting swept. That really does mess with you mentally during one of those races where you're starting with them and you can see them and they're not far behind you. And I would say like, every they say 16 minute miles and like, we really got on there like, no, we really need to be 15, 14 comfortably because you might want to stop to go to the restroom. Stopping, I mean, like I can't run and drink, so I slow down. Right, or there could be bottlenecks at the aid yeah. stations or yeah, a myriad of things. So there's a little bit more of a crowd because you definitely have a lot more walkers at that point. A big difference in that marathon and this one, and I'll say wine and dine and the marathon weekend we just did. I've seen a big difference in how they've done the corrals, but the photo lines. So in 2023, like kind of really discouraging. You're like, wow, I can't stop because there's too many people. So you have a little bit of feeling that you're not having the same race as everyone else because you don't have the time to stop for the photos. You're definitely not riding a ride. You're definitely... Oh, there were aid stations that were out of stuff. And that was probably one of the biggest things that mentally messed with me in 2023 was coming up on aid stations and they had already ran out of Powerade and they had already ran out of bananas. And I actually like did a recording this year, like getting a banana at an aid station. I was like, this is such a big deal because last year there were no bananas. And I think all of that started adding up to that mental defeat in 2023. I can't even get a banana. So I didn't properly planned fuel because I depended on them to have it. So, and it wasn't really a run Disney problem. It was, we were just at that far behind at the back that things had started to run out. So that's a different thing too. It's definitely a different atmosphere in the back, but like you said, it is a party. It is going to be some of the most encouraging people. 
the Ron Disney community in general is just super encouraging. But I will say, like, I think confidence one and just the mental, physical prep, but all of that together just made that not a great run that day. And you're going to have bad runs and you might have a bad run on the official race day, which is what happened to us. I love that you mentioned that because in troubleshooting and working with my athletes and stuff, that's one of the things that we discuss quite frequently is Although it's great to have a race day goal, there's no accounting for if you get sick, if there are crowds, if they don't have fuel or all of the things that can kind of happen on race day. So always setting a very rigid goal for that race day is kind of almost a setting yourself up a little bit for disappointment if that's the case. But Brian, I'm hearing that Stephanie said the minute she got off that bus, she sees you. I'm assuming she probably you guys hug and she says, just so you're aware, we're coming back because I'm getting I'm getting my revenge. I'm getting my retribution. I'm going to earn my medal. What are you thinking after, you know, all of the miles that you had put under your feet and waiting for her to show up? Are you thinking that you're going to do this? Are you hanging up your shoes or what are your thoughts? Initially, I was like, yeah, OK, we'll do this again. And that was my initial thought when I say when I finally did see her. And I was like, OK, we're going to get this next year. No problem. Later on, as we did more and more mileage in our training this year, it was a little painful getting that time in. And we've done multiple long run, long distance runs so that we could get you to do in um, the marathon distances. And, and I was just like, uh, this might be my one and only one. It is a grueling uh, physical endurance that you have to put yourself through and mentally and physical. So. I think we could do it. I said to myself, I think I can get this done and we're going to get this done together. So I kept at it with her. Brian, do you guys have an unofficial motto in the household that a happy wife is a happy life? Because I feel like... <laughs> not, not an unofficial. Okay, it, it's more official than unofficial. Got it. Stephanie, it sounds like you guys have a wonderful teamwork and appreciation of each other. So I love that. Now we've got this DNF, which... For a lot of folks, feels like it's the worst thing that can possibly ever happen. I personally am such a big fan of celebrating these less than the best kind of experiences because we're able to learn so many lessons. But what made you decide how were you going to tackle it this time around? Because again, Marathon Weekend is such a really tough time of year. You have to figure out the holidays. Um, There's so many obligations during the month of December. And especially this past year, it feels like there were more obligations than ever before because it's like people are coming back from the pandemic and wanting to do all of the things. So how did you tackle your training this time around that felt a little different for you? So we connected with Tara and actually through work, one of my best friends, Kayla. So Kayla actually ran that 2023 marathon with us as her first marathon. Um, Me and her are very close. We work together and me and her kind of were like, this year we're doing this differently. (laughs) Like the not training, the taking a couple months off at a time and the not getting the long runs in that obviously did not work. So let's really get on it. And Tara was like, I want to run with y'all. And we were like, yes. So she is just the best cheerleader you could have. Really held all of us accountable. So we had our group of four. Our group of four has turned into a group of six who are all run Disney runners. And it's just kind of having each other, but also having that outside support and that kind of accountability to each other. I think the accountability was the biggest thing because it's easy for me and him to just roll over in the morning and be like, yeah, why not have a really lazy Sunday instead of going out for a long run? Yeah. Yeah. But when you have three people who are waiting on you and we're all running together. So he's kind of like the group husband. He's the guy in the group. He's our... I was just going to say that, Stephanie. I was wondering that. It feels like that when you're saying that it's a bunch of girls and then we have Brian, it feels like maybe he's like the shared husband and he's there for a little bit of extra male perspective. Would that be right, Brian? Sorry. Yeah, that'd be right. Okay. They picked on me a lot. Yeah. Oh, it's out of love. It's out of love. He's our safety net. So it's mainly a group of four of us, me and Tara and Kayla and we're all on Instagram. Everyone knows minimally terrific. And then Kayla's runs on Pixie Dust. And we formed our little group. We called it County to Castle because of where we live in the county. And we're going to the castle. A lot of accountability. 
they are kind of on the same pace, whereas me and Brian are on the same pace. It was really nice to have the four of us because if we did, if they went faster than us, I had him on. I have a really hard time training and I don't know why, because when I get to Disney, I'm a totally different runner than I am here training on the trails at home. Probably a lot of the atmosphere and the people I'm around. So he kind of is the one who helps push me through that because it's hard. It is really not as much fun as Disney to run 26 miles on a bike trail through Georgia in the woods. Like That is definitely not as much fun. It's very hard to do. So he's definitely one who'll drop back with me and kind of talk me through it or not talk, just be near me. Happy wife, happy life, I guess. I do fuss at him a lot, probably while running because he'll leave me sometimes. And I'm like, no, don't leave me. And then other times I'm like, go ahead. Don't let me hold you back. So he's got great patience with that. And it just really helps having that whole group, having people to hold you accountable. The more we get into Run Disney, the more people we know, the more we know, hey, everyone's going to be there. We're all running this together. It really added a different aspect to running this year. So I had an episode earlier this year that was talking about kind of like building your community around running, because I think that first and foremost, as you mentioned, there's that accountability piece. And there's something about the friendships that we connect through running that seem to be a little bit more solidified. They're they're stickier. They, they just feel more connected, probably because we all are trudging through a lot of misery together. How did you reach out? Like, you know, Tara, she's in the same area. Do you feel that it was something where she made it happen or did you connect the four and six of you to make it happen? How did you guys actually go from Instagram to let's meet up in life and make this training really part of how we tackle this next experience? So for me and Tara, it was really funny. She lives locally. We were in a lot of the same community groups and also a lot of the same Ron Disney groups on social media. And I just kind of put it all together. I was like, wait. So I messaged her like on a Run Disney post and was like, I think you live near me and I do Run Disney too. And my friend is doing Run Disney too. And she was like, oh yeah, well, I live here. And I was like, oh, well, I live right in the same little area too. And and we really laughed about it because I was like, oh, well chatting a little bit more and we went over like our kids and their ages and I was like well they go to school here she's like well my kids go to school there and I was like well my son's in this grade she's like so is mine they were already friends in the same class we lived that close to each other but actually met through run disney (laughs) that is wild absolutely wild oh okay so now you guys have formed like an extended family because it's beyond just the running, the family kind of get it has a lot of commonality at this point as well. Now, what would your, I should take it back a little bit. So officially, when you tackle 26.2 and you become an official marathoner, was not at the marathon weekend in 2024. In the preparation for it, you did, as you mentioned, tackle it on a running trail in Georgia. Is that your first official 26.2? That was our first official 26.2. And we actually took our 2023 medal and like held it up. Like we finally earned it. (laughs) This is it. I can say I've done the mileage. I did it in the same year, just a lot later, but we did it. A little bit later. Yeah. I mean, you say a lot. I say a little bit. It was in the same year. It counts. Okay. How did you feel? I'm going to ask you both to actually answer that. How did you both feel upon knowing that you earned it and that you were I assume feeling more prepared for the 2024 marathon. It felt good. I mean, I was proud. It still didn't feel real. I think I needed that Disney finish line to really grasp. Like I am a real marathoner. Like we did the miles. We did it training. We did it slower, of course, because you're training. You can go a little bit slower. It was an all day thing. My kids were there. Like everyone was super excited, super proud. And I was proud. I think he was proud too. It was a grueling run. It was kind of cold. I was actually starting to get sick. That's when I was getting sick. (laughs) So it was a harder run, but we felt good and I felt accomplished. I was like, just having knowing, I know a lot of people were like, you don't have to train to the full 26.2. You don't have to do that. And there are other run plans that say you don't have to do that. We followed Galloway and Jeff Galloway's plan. He does have you do it. 
And I was like, mentally, I need to do it. Cause I know I can run 20. I've done that. <laughs> I need to see 26. That's the entire reason why he adds 26 into his training plan. There's a bit of physiological aspect as well as to part of his training as to why it would be 26 versus some of the other plans that maybe work on cumulative fatigue. But absolutely, anybody who's listening who's at all curious about Galloway, we do have an episode with him. Extraordinary individual. I feel so lucky to have been able to share the mic with him and coaching and learning from him. But it is about the mindset. You have to know as a first timer going back into it, that you can do it. So I'm sure that did help to kind of give that extra little boost of confidence that you needed for marathon weekend. But Brian, how did you feel about it? Yeah, absolutely triumphant. I felt really good about it. I was glad it was over, <laughs> honestly. Through <laughs> words were never spoken about the marathon distance. Okay. It's grueling. I mean, it really is something you got to get your head into. I wanted to say earlier though, we were talking about the preparation. We over prepped by hydrating too much for the 23 marathon and we didn't i don't think we did it as intensely as we did this time but i felt better prepared this time too so i didn't need all that um, extra hydration but that actually was part of what slowed us down in the beginning of that marathon but so i knew i had to get that right i had to get my time on my feet right and it really just felt overwhelming and great to have that 26 miles under our belt and be ready to go. I knew I could do the marathon at that point. I just needed to keep going, keep my feet moving, and I knew I would get it done. Brian, I love that you mentioned that. And again, anybody who's listened to me talk about this in the past, if there's a mistake in the running world, I've definitely done it. I've also overhydrated. For me, it was hyponatremia, ended up at mile 10 of a 13 half marathon at the med tent, trying to like rebalance all my electrolytes and get an extra sodium. So it absolutely happens, folks. And that's why it's so important to have like what during the training plans where you can kind of figure out like what's the right strategy for hydration for me, knowing that it, it has to change a little bit according to the weather and the activity that you have leading into it. But now we we tackle this marathon. We're officially marathoners, but Stephanie, you, you kind of feel like you still need that finish line at 2024. It's marathon weekend. You show up, you get to the expo. Tell me what's going through your minds. Then is there still a little bit of trepidation? Is there more confidence? Is your corral a little different? What's the experience for 2024 Marathon Weekend? It was total confidence. I love that. It was very different. 2023, like I said, like I was on the verge of quitting. I'm about to cancel this hotel reservation or we're going to go to Disney and just ride some rides and not run a marathon. I didn't even... I wouldn't really take pictures. I didn't buy any merchandise. I had just no confidence in finishing in 2023. So when I went to Expo this time, I bought the magnet. I bought the jacket. I was like, no, I'm doing this. I'm going to have the stuff that said I did it. We took the pictures and it was just a very different mindset going into it because we knew we could do this now. Corral placement was actually the same. We were still next to last corral. Okay. We did run the wine and dine half and we kind of figured out like, okay, when we're in this long distance and we're in these corrals back here, maybe let's prioritize getting a little early, getting a little further up front. We had a run strategy like, okay, we're going to run out these first few miles, not hard, just steady to get a good buffer going and get legs warmed up. So we had a plan and I just felt so prepared this time and he was doing it with me and we were just excited. And I don't think we had that in 2023. The nerves just weren't there that were there before. I can tell you that the difference in your voice when I asked you this as to speaking 2023, you can hear the enthusiasm and excitement. I also love how you're talking about another thing that may be a little different than front of the pack. So front of the pack, would potentially use a negative split strategy or an even split strategy for races. Maybe they use just the character stops as their race pace, whatever their strategy may be. And being back of the pack, it may be a little bit more where it's called a positive split, where you may start off just a little bit, like you said, just a little steadier than maybe those latter miles may have been just because you do need to create a bit of a buffer for course cutoff. So it's something that people do want to take into consideration. It does definitely look different 
in terms of strategies, depending on where you're starting. So I love that you knew that this time around, you were able to utilize that to your advantage, not in a way where you like used all your energy, but in a way that just gave you enough of that extra little buffer of confidence as well to help you with that mindset. I'm curious, what is the feeling of crossing the finish line 2024 at Walt Disney World? Surreal. I just now started posting the pictures and stuff because when I tell people, I'm like, I still can't really wrap my mind around it. It, w- it was a core memory. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. The race went better than I anticipated. I knew going into it, I was going to finish. And that really and truly was the only goal. We have always kind of been in ladder corrals. We've worked a lot on pace this year. We knew what our paces needed to be getting out. We knew where we could drop back a little I like to keep it to where I can enjoy the park time a little bit more. So just like, it was just different. And that's what we said. I think probably like mile eight, going into Magic Kingdom, I looked at Brian and I was like, this is a completely different race. This is the same course in the same place, doing the same thing that we have done previously. But this is so different because we've trained. We've got our support people here. We had... Kristen from Running and Makeup cheering on the sidelines. Like we had a whole group here cheering us on. And then we got to a spot in Magic Kingdom where I was like, we've done a little better than what we were supposed to, even through the rain. And I was like, we can take a picture. And we have never taken character pictures in a race. And I think by the end of it, I had 12 character stops. Shut the front door. Stephanie. That is like my big flex for this race. I was like, I have never been confident enough to stop and make up the time and take the picture. That's not just your big flex. That is the big flex, period. I don't even think I'm positive. I'm thinking back. Have I ever had 12 character stops during a race? I don't think so. That is the flex, my friend. That is incredible. Brian, what are you thinking as you are stopping for characters? And did you guys have a favorite character stop that you were able to make happen? We stopped at Boo. That was pretty funny. When she stopped on some of them, I was just like, Steph, if we don't get going. In some instances, on some of the stops, I was kind of really anxious about it, not continuing our pace and keeping it up. But they were fun. We stopped as many as we could, like she said. And definitely for like each of the mile markers, she wanted to take a picture for each mile marker, which was funny. And I was like, you're going to get it done. Don't worry. So that's really what was going on in my mind. You're going to get this done. Don't worry. And yeah, it was fun. Ryan, the voice of reason. I feel like there's there's a lot of that going on. But um, Stephanie, I'm with you. I'm, I'm probably a little bit more up high in the sky as I tackle it too. And all of those experiences. But Brian, what are you thinking when you cross the finish line? Because you already felt triumphant. You already felt like a marathoner from when you guys tackled the distance in Georgia. How are you feeling with this finish line? You know, I actually felt... It was like surreal. I honestly felt more emotional at the top of the hill going into Epcot. Yeah, boardwalk to Epcot. We both were about to cry. (laughs) It really did choke me up right there. I was like, wow, I cannot believe that this is the end of this. I mean, we made it through. And then we got down and we saw our friends there at Mexico. and We all went in together, which was pretty amazing. We had our margarita. (laughs) Wait. You got character stops and you had your margarita before the finish line? That's right. Yeah. What? This is not just a flex. You guys are now official pros. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is as good as it gets for a Run Disney weekend. Okay. So we're having the most quintessential, perfect Run Disney experience ever. So this is the best finish line that you could ever experience. You cross it. It feels surreal. You're kind of just still getting back to reality. I hope you're still floating on air because you both deserve to be. What's next? It's like, where's my ears? Your ears? What do you mean? You're like your Mickey ears? Yeah, yeah. I didn't get them last year. So I was like, where are the ears at? So I was looking for the guy with the ears. Yeah, that was his big thing. He was like, hey, Barry, give me my ears. I'm about to wear them for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> what are you thinking, Stephanie? What's next for you? So I have said, even before we got to Marathon, next year I have a milestone birthday. That's all we'll say. And I'm doing dopey. Hopefully. I mean, I keep seeing a lot of people saying they're doing dopey. So I'm thinking I might need to find a charity. But my goal is dopey for 2025. Okay. Brian is, I'm just going to put it out into the universe that he's going to at least do half of it with me. Maybe goofy with Brian. Do you think you could commit to, to goofy or at this point, are you a little bit not willing to say that here? 
I'll probably end up doing the whole thing with her. Ah, you got it, girl. I'm going to make sure that we record this. It's entered into like the court documents officially. So it, it's done. It's set in stone. Okay. So you guys are going to be dopey for a milestone next year. What is your thoughts about how does training look? Now, you know, the difference between the training before and the training now, what are you thinking that are things that you want to take into this training season? So I really want to stay consistent, work some more on pace. Luckily, our whole group, we're all kind of going to the same milestone together. So we're, again, B is going to be a big group thing for us and just really staying consistent. We've still got Princess Weekend to go. We still have Springtime Surprise to go. So we still have some Run Disney. We do a few local things, just having goals to keep moving, but really not letting the training drop off. I think it's something that happens. I know it's what happened in 2023. Like we did the 10 miler and then you have a little bit of a break before the official run plan starts and it's really hard to start back. So the plan is to really stay consistent with our running schedule and just keep moving and not really take that break. Okay. So we know what we have to do. We know what we're going to do. I'm curious now, what's a message you'd want to give to other folks that are... And I'm going to have you guys kind of think these through from a perspective of message you'd like to give folks that haven't yet committed to doing a race at all because they are concerned that they're going to potentially be back with the pack. And then I'd also like you to consider a message for folks that maybe have experienced their own not finishing a race and making it onto that sweep bus and not sure how they're going to tackle their next steps. So Brian, I'm going to ask you, what would you tell folks that maybe aren't yet considering signing up for a race because they are afraid that maybe they're not going to meet the pace requirement or they have a little bit of just fear around committing to it. I would encourage them to do it, to sign up, make the commitment and stick to your training plan. That's the most important. Consistent training plan is the really the way to take all that anxiety away from you is to stay on your plan and try to make your goal and you'll do it. I love that. That's perfect. And also, Stephanie, I could probably cut that soundbite where he said, just sign up and we can make sure that that happens for Dopey Weekend as well when that registration comes up. So don't worry, girl, I got you. But uh, Stephanie, what are you saying to folks that maybe that do, unfortunately, they sign up, things just didn't go according to plan. A lot of things happened. They are swept. How do you suggest that they find that same kind of resiliency that you had to just tackle it again? You can do it. Really... By the time you, if you know what went wrong and you know what to start fixing, you can do this. If I can do it, anyone can do it. I tell everyone that when they're like, oh my gosh, you run a marathon. I can never do that. If I can do it, anyone can do it. That's how I feel about it. Like I started as someone who didn't run it all two years ago (laughs) to someone who just completed a marathon. And I've even already talked to people who have put out into some of the social media and the groups that they didn't finish and reached out, showed them the sweet picture, showed them the finish line picture the next year. Like it's really worth it to not quit on yourself and to meet that goal. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. I think that was one of the things like the day of after getting swept in 2023, I didn't really want, I was like, what do I do? Like, what do I tell people? Like, people know I went to this. What do I say? And I was like, I'm not embarrassed. I tried. And here's what I'm going to do to change it. And I'm going to conquer this goal. And I really hope that inspires people because you can do it. Even if you don't get it the first time, try, try again. I mean, it's just that classic saying, just you work at it a little bit harder. And then when you cross that finish line, I feel like it's probably a little bit sweeter. <laughs> like There's definitely something to that redemption race. It's definitely sweeter when you also have margaritas. I'm just simply saying like that could have added to it, but you're making me think a little bit about Walt Disney, of course, who's built something that he probably didn't even have any idea that would touch all of our lives through Run Disney. But one of his quotes was that sometimes we need a good kick in the teeth. And while I'm not by any means advocating that anybody go out there and get kicked in the teeth, Sometimes these setbacks really do set us up for that next evolution of coming back stronger than ever before. I could talk to you guys for probably another four hours because there's just so much that is incredible about your experience and journey. So with that, I'm going to try to wrap it up because I want to be respectful of your time and say I can't express sufficient gratitude 
for coming and sharing your story with the audience, but also for actually sharing your story so boldly on your own social media channel, because I do feel that people need to hear that you can do this. And even if you don't have that success that first time back, that first time out to just head back to it. So again, you're going to want to connect with Stephanie at Back of the Pack Princess. And you guys are such an inspiring couple. Thank you so much. See, friends, I told you that the power of running together and with others is incredibly profound. Of course, running is so much more than just a path to physical fitness or even that fantastic Run Disney bling. It's a journey where we can share with those closest to us, whether you're holding hands with your partner as you cross the finish line or laughing with friends over a post-run brunch. These moments build the foundation of memories that last a lifetime. So grab your favorite running buddies and let's make this Galentine's and Valentine's Day a celebration of love, friendship, and the miles we travel together. I want to thank you so much, friends, for hanging in there, listening in, enjoying this conversation with, of course, Brian and Stephanie. And I'm really curious... If you try any of those tips that I had at the very beginning of the episode, so whether you're running on a crisp morning or chatting over a leisurely brunch, there's no better time to connect and reflect than right now. Hit me up at info at timeforbrunch.com. Thank you for joining me on the Time for Brunch podcast. I'm going to ask you to stay magical and sparkly. Thank you for joining Time for Brunch. If today's conversation sparked your interest, be sure to join our supportive online community. Don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletters to keep the inspiration flowing. It's packed with insights, stories, and tips to fuel your journey of growth. Follow us, subscribe, and stay connected. Until next time, keep smiling and let your journey shine.